Our second scripture, wait, our only scripture reading tonight, our main scripture reading, comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 1 to 6 and 16 to 21, the lectionary reading for the day. Listen for God's word to you. Jesus says, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who is in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good, good evening once again, usually morning time. Uh, we're here tonight for this Ash Wednesday service, which marks the beginning of the season of Lent. And in a few minutes, we're going to come forward and get ashes on our foreheads, uh, which is a sign of our repentance, of turning away once again from our sins and turning back towards God. The ashes on this night are a sign of our mortality, a way of saying we are human, that we have limits, that we need to trust God with our lives. Ashes are a sign of humility, a way of saying we don't have all the answers so we have to trust in our good and gracious God. I recently read a book by a woman who um, was given a, a cancer diagnosis, a terminal cancer diagnosis. Her name is Kate Bowler, and she's a professor at Duke Divinity School, and she's also a New York Times bestselling author. Her book is called Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies That I've Loved. Her book tells a story of uh, the way that she struggled to make her faith uh, make sense as she went through the struggle with cancer, as she went to the dark side of the moon. She's a very funny writer, um, and if you are a person who's interested in this topic, I think it's a great little, it's a small book, uh, a good one to read about somebody who really struggles within their faith with um, a terminal cancer diagnosis and what that means, what that's like. At one point, she talks about going through Lent in a year where she was going through treatment. And uh, I want to read part of what she says. This is what she says. She writes, I have taken up cursing for Lent. 
That 40-day stretch before Easter in which those who want to understand Jesus' sacrifice choose one of their own. They promise to abandon vices, take up new spiritual practices, or simply give up chocolate like every 14-year-old girl I knew at St. Mary's Academy who combined their sympathy with Jesus at his grisly crucifixion with spring break weight loss program. As adults, most do-gooders I know give up alcohol or spend more time in prayer. I have started swearing. I mean it. I swear about cancer. I swear about dry croissants and coffee that cools too quickly. I swear about the budding ulcers in my mouth from intense chemotherapy. I swear about the refugee crisis in Europe. I swear before and after I receive test results, even though I'm tremendously relieved that, so far, the tumors are still shrinking. I swear about Curious George whining to the man in the yellow hat. Here ends that reading. Um, She goes on from there with more um, in her book. She's talking about this idea that um, in Lent, it's a time when Christians will often give something up, maybe a bad habit, to get rid of um, something to get rid of, like eating desserts too late at night or a bowl of cereal every night. Um, or something maybe that's good and pleasurable that you want to sacrifice to understand a little bit more, a taste of what Jesus has sacrificed for us, to put us in the mind of heavenly things. Others will take on a spiritual practice. For Kate Bowler, she took on the practice of cursing and swearing. I'm not sure if that counts as a spiritual practice, but to each their own. Um, I'll give you this disclaimer. Don't try this at home, especially kids in the front row. Um, Sorry for that one, Mom. Um, But there are all sorts of practices that Christians might take on this time of year. And that's kind of what Jesus is talking about in his passage for us from Scripture uh, in the Gospel. Uh, where he names just a few of them. He names a few spiritual Christian practices we could, we could take on, um, like almsgiving, which is um, generously being generous with our financial gifts, especially geared towards giving towards the poor, or prayer, which is more than just a formula or a moment before dinner, or um, fasting, which is giving up food for a time, maybe a meal or a day or longer, to let your body feel the effects the difference, and cause you to reflect. All of these um, and more could be great ideas. It's always funny to me, though, that on Ash Wednesday, when we we are talking about spiritual practices, and this is the scripture reading we we read, um, Jesus is very clearly in this text telling us not to talk too much about that, especially in public, not to show off what we're doing. And so preachers always have to beware in this moment. Um, because I'm the one up here saying, hey, what should we give up for Lent? What should we take on? What should our spiritual practice be? Jesus seems to be saying, um, do it because it's the right thing. Do it because it enhances your spiritual life. Do it because you want to experience the Lenten season in a more intentional way. Do it for your own life with God and for the sake of others. But don't do it to get attention or praise. It's a good reminder here as we begin this season of Lent. We want to be active with God this season. Tonight is this uh, chance for us to kind of remember again our own mortality and struggle and then the way that we, we don't always live up to the faith that we profess. It's hard to live as a disciple of Jesus. It takes a lifetime. So we bring that honesty to God in prayer. We bring it as we sing these songs, as we come forward with ashes. But we also find strength as we begin this Lenten journey. For Kate Bowler, she spent her Lent 
swearing about almost everything. And it probably reflects the fact that she was facing terminal cancer, right? Her life situation mattered in, in how she lived. So for the rest of us, I wonder um, how our life situation matters for what our Lent will be like, what you might take on, what you might give up, what you might offer to God in the way that you live intentionally this season. I was talking to Steve Fainer, our youth director um, at the church the other day. He's up there in the balcony hiding. Um, and he reminded me a few years ago that, um, that I had given up complaining for Lent. And I didn't remember that until he told me. Um, and then I remembered just sort of working through that and realizing maybe how much I had been complaining once I decided to take on the practice of uh, not, not, not complaining. Maybe I gave up the practice of complaining. Um, these Lenten practices really are a way for us in our own way to connect into our own interior life with God, um, to pay attention to who we are, how we live, what we're all about. It's a chance to reset. I don't know about you, but I could use a reset like that. I could use a reset. This kind of reconnection, a chance to seek God in a really particular way for this time. So as a church, something we're doing this Lenten season, beginning tonight on Ash Wednesday and moving ahead, is we're going to use this devotional packet that we've got, um, it's, and it's going, to, it's going to reflect on artwork by Vincent Van Gogh in relationship to Scripture passages. And each week, it's a weekly devotional, we'll, you'll be able to look at the Scripture story, the piece of art, and put those in conversation together. I think it's going to be really helpful. Um, this Sunday, you can pick up the packets out in the narthex. That's where they'll be. Or you'll also get them in the online weekly email. You can just click on it. Although I think the physical packets are actually are better. Um, get one of those. Um, so I want to, take you, to show you tonight one of Van Gogh's paintings. Okay? This is one of his early works, and it's called Still Life with Bible. Still Life with Bible. And here's the painting. You could see that the Bible there obviously is in the center and it's open on the table. Van Gogh's father was a Christian pastor. And so Vincent Van Gogh and his brother Theo, they were very uh, familiar with the stories from the Bible. And then next to the Bible, you'll see there's that little book. And it's, it's in French and it's entitled Joy de Vivre, which I'm mispronouncing, I'm sure. Uh, joy de Vivre, the, the joy of life. And some have interpreted this painting from Van Gogh as him turning away from the faith of his growing up years. People have interpreted it to say, oh yes, here's the Bible that he knew, but then look, he's bringing the joy of life, this piece of literature, this novel, and he's opening that up, moving away from a biblical faith and towards the world. But in our devotional packet this week, which I got to read and you haven't seen yet, um, there was another interpretation that, I really, um, that really helped. It, it pointed out that this Bible here at the top, you can't see it, too well. It's open to a particular passage. It's Isaiah chapter 53. And for you Bible nerds out there, you know that that is the passage that's about the suffering servant, right? The person who takes on the abuse and suffering and hurt of the world for the sake of others. And we as Christians, we apply this, this prophecy to Jesus, the one who takes on our sin, our shame, the hurt, the one who who does all of that to redeem us and give us a new way to live. So as it turns out, this little novel there that's set, um, set next to the Bible um, is a real book. It's a real book you could, you could get. And the main character in this book is an orphan, a young woman named Pauline. And she goes through a life of adversity and harm, almost like 
a literary version of the suffering servant. Artists are always so intentional with these little details. So now we could see something really different about Van Gogh's way of thinking. It isn't that he's turning away from the Bible or, or, or Christian faith to embrace some kind of secular worldview. It's that he's integrating his faith into other parts of his life. He's letting his readings from Scripture um, show up in how he reads literature. So he reads this book, this novel, and he sees in it the character of Pauline, this suffering woman who goes through so much, and it helps him come back to what he knows about Jesus, the one who suffers for us. He makes connections and integrates his faith in his life. I mean, I, I really like this idea, uh, this idea that um, we aren't meant to pull away from the world, reject the world, condemn the world. It's too easy to do. We live right now in, in the shadow of war in Europe, and I know we're all aware of that. Um, the situation in Ukraine has startled our consciences and our, and our lives. It's easy to say, ah, the world is so terrible. Look at what's going on. Nothing good, nothing redeeming about it. But this Ash Wednesday and into this Lenten season, I actually believe something different, that yes, the world is full of pain and hurt and brokenness and death. We know that about the world. Sometimes we do it to ourselves with our own actions. Each of us here knows what that means. Sometimes it happens to us. Sometimes it's neighbor against neighbor, country against country, people group against people group. That's the way of the world. But then we hear the words of Jesus who says, take heart, I've overcome the world. And we move into this new season as God's people who want to bring our faith with us as we trust God in every sphere of our lives into every day, into the practices we take on at home and at work, at school, in our neighborhood, and as a church. So I want to encourage you tonight that um, our faith, your faith, is not some separate thing, separate from the real things of life, but our faith is actually a guide that leads us, that helps us as we interpret our world and engage with it. So that means that we pray for peace, yeah, we pray for peace in our world. We pray for the end of the war in Ukraine without hesitation. We pray for President Putin and Russia, seen as enemies. We pray for them that, they, that in, with wisdom they would find a way out of this conflict and that our leaders would help them find that way. We lift up pro peaceful protesters in Moscow who are risking their freedom to speak out. We pray for refugees who even now are fleeing from Ukraine into Poland and other um, neighboring countries. We pray for our country and our leaders and our policies, that we also would have our hearts open, that we would be people of peace, that we would be people who welcome refugees, that we would grow in wisdom as we make decisions too. So no, don't let anybody separate you from your faith when you encounter the world around you. It's an essential part of being a Christian that, that leads us as we go into anything that we encounter. It goes with us. So don't leave your faith at church this Lent. Bring it with you because it is portable. As you do, as you walk this journey ahead towards the events of Holy Week, may God be with you to give you strength, to give you compassion for others, to give you forgiveness and grace even for yourself. And above all, 
May God's blessing be on you in this season, this holy season, this holy season of Lent as it begins. May it be so. Amen.